thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Welcome back. So uh, we had a little talk in the break and we realized we were like depressing you <laughs> a little bit. We're like noticing how the energy is getting like more and more low and everybody's like, what? <laughs> what, like the revolution is not happening? <laughs> and we're like, oh my, mini houses and I don't know, all this stuff. Yeah, but I guess this is what happens when a bunch of uh, privileged white bobos talk about the revolution, no? What a... It's tiny houses, I'm sorry, it's called tiny houses. I'm so happy that that was the thing you pointed out now and found important. Okay. Yeah, so Ezra, you were right. Yeah, you have no idea what she was right about. You were like, Ezra is always right. Yeah. No, no, she asked me about the lineup. I told her about the lineup and she looked at me and she was like, mm hmm, interest, interesting, interesting lineup. I'm like, what, what? Yeah, interesting little Austrian white lineup. And I'm like, okay. And then she was like, so what's the topic? And I was like, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> she was like, what's the topic? And I'm like, it's revolution. <laughs> so that went well, Josef. Uh, let's fix this till next time. So yeah, that brings me to the workshop that we're going to do again. It's in March and come and we want more performers and come to our workshop on the 5th of March. Everything is for free. This is what I want to say now, actually. Yes, we were depressing you and we're like, oh my God, revolution, dystopia. But uh, there are actually so many great things going on. Like, for example, the Riot Festival where that workshop is in. The Riot Festival is the first week in March. I think everything is for free. A lot of things are for free. Do you want to get a microphone and get up here? Or is this like something you're doing? Oh shit, I should not have done that. Okay. Oh, okay. Yes. It takes place all over Vienna. Oh, yes, right. It's a focus on 20th district. Yes. Performances, parties. Okay. That's a tip from Josef. Thank you. I'm so glad we rehearsed that this afternoon. Uh, and also, like, all the things that all the artists who are performing here are doing. Uh, Vesa are, are having her performance piece in April in uh, Tanzkvartier. And Alex, who you saw in the beginning, is doing a, a show at the um, a performance at Brut im Marschtanz. Dutzi is having her Ausstellung called Fucking uh, in... Um, yeah, it's called Fucking. <laughs> At uh, Improper Walls, uh, end of April to beginning of May. Uh, Steffi Surreal, who can't be here tonight because, yes, because she had premiering her piece Colonial Cocktail this weekend. It's almost sold out, but I think there are a few tickets still to get. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Anti-Valentine's Ball on Saturday. I hope to see you here in VUK again then. Uh, who else is doing so? Ah, yeah, right. SREP. Okay. So this is funny. 
Yeah, so uh, I don't know, Ezra was here uh, by herself uh, two times ago, and then they, Ezra and Ennis were, were here as Ezra the last time. And uh, when I wanted them to come and perform, I was like, so come and do comedy, and, and you know, she's so cool. So she's then like, no, no, bourbon, because that's how she talks to me. Uh, and it's like, bourbon, ich bin kein so comedy, ich bin so rapperin. I've been rapper. Yeah, okay, but you're also funny. Oh. And then she got a little bit pissed off, and then she came, and then she complained to me that when, when she Googles herself, which she apparently does, uh, now <laughs> the things that come up is just S-Rap comedy, and that's not good for her rap career. And I'm like, okay, I'm so sorry, honey. Yesterday, I got a Facebook invitation. Did anyone else get that Facebook invitation? Aha, uh -huh. what does this Facebook invitation say? Well, not this Sunday, but the Sunday after that, S-Rap goes comedy. <laughs> and my only question is, what genius came up with the idea that you could do comedy? I name no names. Oh, yeah, I need this. Okay. So I'm going to take my clothes off now. Are you ready? Are you ready to see something you've never seen before? Oh, not my lighter. Oh, is that? Yeah, sing. Sing, sure. So, this is not the original, but this is an exact replica, which I made this afternoon, as beautifully as I made it back then. And this is Swedish. Yeah, I will tell you what it says. What does it say? Yeah, I will tell. No, I'm not going to tell you the whole show. I'm just going to stand here and have you not listened to me at all, just wondering, what does the t-shirt say? So, remember my counting uh, career? Yeah, so uh, after that, I made it a little bit more professional. I, uh, I, I started a group with... <laughs> so that's funny. <laughs> okay. I started a group with a bunch of friends. And uh, we, like, we were a little... I have to... It's very hard for me to admit, but uh, we were this like, kind, of, kind of assholey, radical feminists who were very separatist and transphobic and stuff. Yes, not proud of that, but I'm not going to lie. That was how we were. We didn't know better than I learned, and I am sorry. Yeah, don't laugh about that. It's not good. So the t-shirt, this is uh, Swedish, and it says, Dick, eat my period blood. Yeah, Swedish, we just need very few letters to explain very big things. <laughs> So this was then my home, because, you know, if you have, like, a group, you need to have, like, t-shirts with cool slogans, and this was mine. <laughs> and I was like, Ballet min mens! Yeah, it's cooler in Swedish. That might be the only thing that is cooler in Swedish, actually. <laughs> and our group was called FASA, which uh, is uh, the abbreviation of Feminist Anti-Sexist Action. Okay, yeah, anti-sexist and feminist is kind of the same, but we, I needed it to be fossa because that means fear in Swedish. Yeah, do you know how badass we were? Do you want to hear our manifesto? 
is this a book that I'm still promoting? Six years after I wrote it. Where's the camera there? Okay. I translated it from Swedish, but it's like, it, it was basically this what it said. Okay. FASA is a separatist gathering of autonomous feminists in Malmö. That's the third biggest city in Sweden. What keeps us together is our uncompromising hatred of the patriarchal society. We use violence, threat, and material destruction. <laughs> Words are no longer an effective response to the violence that women and girls are facing every day in our women-hating society. To offend women shall be met with painful consequences. That made me so thirsty. This is for the Tonaufnahme. <laughs> for that pod, uh, podcast. That laptop radio thing that you kids do today. Okay, so FASA, like we want to do action, there is like, uh, and how like to, it's very hard to just, you know, destroy patriarchy, like, where do we begin? And we began with what we hated the most, which was porn. Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, you're so 2019, everybody. <laughs> okay, so this is 20 years ago when feminists hated porn, or like a, a majority of us. Now we of course love porn and we co-curate porn festivals. <laughs> Two years in a row. So, yeah, so we wanted to destroy the porn, porn industry in Malmö. <laughs> yeah, so this is, this is Sweden, and it's always been Sweden. So, of course, there were, like, two porn shops uh, in Malmö, which is, like, has inhabitants, like, 400,000 people. So it was, like, kind of good and easy for us. So the first auction was uh, that we were going to disturb, we're going to make the customers uh, feel uncomfortable entering the shop. Okay, so we uh, announced that it would be the day of the sexists, which I think was, believe, was like December 9th. Because I think everybody could that day, that was why we chose that day. Uh, and we made like a huge like banderole thing, like this transparent, and it said, the day of the sexists. And we wanted to make like a playful little action out of this. And of course, as always, if you're a hardcore activist, you always have to cover your face up real good and make sure that, you know, the cops don't recognize you. And we didn't want to use the balaclavas. Balaklava. Yeah, it's not called baklava that I painfully know now when I talked about having that on my face and everybody laughed at me. Um, but you know, the ski mask things. So we want to do it like more, you know, peppy. My sister brought her scream mask and it was for some reason decided that I would be dressed up as Santa Claus. 
But I did not wanna I did not wanna buy a Santa Claus mask because I was too cheap for that. I didn't want to spend money on that. So I was like, I'm just gonna fucking make my own. Yeah, I should never make anything by myself. Look at this t-shirt. Because I just can't do that. So I went and bought for one euro a whole bag of cotton wool balls, like in and the cheapest one was the one like in pastel colors, like light yellow, light pink, and, and light blue. Yeah, because the white ones were like more expensive. So I was like, I take that, fuck that. Who cares? Santa Claus being gay. Uh, and, uh, and then how to get that on my face, uh, glue. And I would like the glue that I had at home was super glue. I'm not going to fucking spend money on other, any other glue. So I super glued these uh, cotton wool balls to my face. Up to here, it was so that it was covered. And uh, I was a very pretty Santa. And then we were standing in front of the shops with a camera, and we had like uh, pot lids, you know, like for, for like, you know, the lids, and we were making noise. And then everybody, like, every time somebody wanted to go in, we were like, Congratulations on the day of the sexes! Woo! You know, and everybody was like super uncomfortable, of course, going in then, and we take good pictures, and it's like, Congratulations on supporting the hatred of women! Woo! You know, and it was like, what? Yeah. So that was what we did. And I did that in my Santa beard. And it was a very successful action. We thought after two hours, we packed our things together. Felt very smug about ourselves that we had done something for women in society. And then I wanted to take the beard off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I plucked and I plucked and I plucked. And I had like this glued little furry thing <laughs> covering my whole face. And I'm like, what? And I like did everything. I used olive oil. I used like butter. I was not a vegan back then. Okay, I'd just been a vegan for a year, but fuck off. Uh, and uh, I, like, I so I tried everything. Like I was trying to scrape it off with a knife. Yeah. Now, it took two weeks. It took basically till fucking Christmas for me to get rid of that little uh, furry thing. So after we then felt so empowered about our action, we were like, no, we're going to get like, more in there and we have to like, stop them because that was just one day or two hours. We have to stop this for all eternity. Okay. So we went to this, we had planned for this other shop and this was just around uh, the block where I was living. And uh, these were the days of the um, video cassettes. So this was before DVDs. So these are video cassettes, and you know you rented them, and they were like all behind, like just in the wall, and they took them out and put them in the box, and blah blah. So we were going to destroy all of them, but how are we going to do that? So we were three people: one the lookout, one to distract the customers, and one to destroy the videotapes. Okay, they picked me to destroy the videotapes. Another thing that I'm not so good at, except for like crafting stuff, is being quick and smooth. <laughs> okay, so back uh, again with the mask, I'm like, no, no, no Santa for me this time. So I borrowed the scream mask from my sister. And uh, the one who was going to distract the customers, how she was going to do it was with pepper spray. <laughs> Great plan. So we needed to... Um, you know, protect ourselves from the pepper spray. And she was like, so if we just like do stuff, we just do some like plastic uh, wrapping around the eyes 
under my screen mask and like, you know, and some Vaseline and things and, and put the screen mask on and then I'm safe and in the other person will look out too and she did that too. And how we were going to destroy the, <laughs> the videotapes was the most brilliant idea. Coca-Cola. Because if anyone who grew up with videotapes know that if you spilled coke on your tapes, they were destroyed forever. Okay, so here I am in an outfit that looks very similar to what I'm wearing today. A scream mask and two two liter bottles of coke. We're standing outside of the shop. First of all, this must have looked... It was in the middle of the fucking day, on a big street. This must have looked insane. I can't remember what masks they were wearing, but I'm there in a screen mask, wearing this with two but in front of a porn shop, standing there. And then it's like... And then she's like, shake the, shake the bottles. So, that, you know, so that... So I was going to go in, and you're going to distract, and I was going to be the guy behind the counter, and I was just going to reach out behind him and do this over all the... Yeah. Okay, so we go in, she's like, she, she, when I say she, it was always our leader, of course, because I did everything she says, because every fucking lefty group always gets a crazy leader, and then you end up being a cult, which we did, and she's like, let's go, and she starts spraying the two customers in there who are like, what? And I come in, and as soon as I come in, of course, like, the, the, I start, it starts like, what is it called, fuming? Like, I, I, I can't see anything anymore. And like, fuck, fuck, and I'm running, and I'm like, no, the bottle's okay, there's the guy. And it ended up, we, I, I emptied four liters of Coke on a very, very surprised shopkeeper. <laughs> and also on myself. I did, of course, not hit at all any of the, uh, of the things back. The best part of this is that I kept the caps and I screwed them back on. And then we ran out. And since 19 years, there has been no porn in Malmö City. True story. Next person always makes me feel a little... No, 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 I'm not even going to... No, not, I'm not going to say that. The next person uh, was born just one month after the state of France did their last guillotining. I am not sure that's a word, but you know what I mean. Just one month after that. All your brains were no like, what? Who's coming? Is it Robert Pierre? Yes, it is. A big applause for Dutsi! Guten Abend. Guten Abend, liebe Genossinnen. Die Revolution wird uns in die Wiege gelegt, denn wir alle werden hineingeboren in den totalitären Staat namens Familie. Dort werden wir regiert von meistens sogar zwei Diktatorinnen, die sich Eltern nennen und die unwidersprochen herrschen. 
Gewaltenteilung, die sucht man vergeblich im Kinderzimmer, denn als rechtlose Subjekte beginnen wir alle unser Leben. Die Lippen am Nippel von Mutter Staat, die Rassel in der Hand, Opium fürs Säuglingsvolk. Und dann erwacht die Revolution in uns allen. Und so habe ich angefangen mit ungefähr drei Jahren die ersten Boston Tea Partys für meine Babypuppen zu veranstalten. Und äh, als ich dann in die Volksschule kam, begann ich mich sehr für das Köpfen zu interessieren. Also ne, ich konnte stundenlang damit verbringen, meinen Lego-Figuren und meinen Barbie-Puppen ihre zersetzenden Gedanken zu entfernen, mitsamt der Köpfe. Und äh, mein kindliches Klassenbewusstsein war so ausgeprägt, dass ich nicht nur den kleinen Prinzen, sondern auch den kleinen Lord auf die Guillotine legen wollte. Überhaupt die Guillotine, ich war sehr fasziniert davon. Ich zitierte gerne den Erfinder davon, Joseph Ignace Guillotin, der sagte, die Guillotine ist eine Maschine, die den Kopf im Handumdrehen entfernt und das Opfer nichts anderes spüren lässt, als das Gefühl erfrischender Kühle. Das hat er wirklich so gesagt und deswegen wird die Guillotine auch als das Mentholbonbon der Revolution bezeichnet. Ja, und dann äh, kam ich äh, in die Pubertät und wurde Teenager und bei mir drehte sich alles nur noch um Barrikaden und Molotow-Cocktails und Leute aus dem Fenster stoßen. Und jahrelang habe ich halt nur zerrissene Jeans getragen mit dem obligatorischen Che Guevara-Shirt natürlich. Keins von H&M, sondern ein originales aus den 80ern von meinem Onkel. Ich war eben ein richtiger Revoluzer. Und ähm, dann kam meine sexuelle Revolution, die begann mit dem Sturm auf den Basti. Und äh, die, die stärkste Revolution, die ich so hatte, am meisten habe ich tatsächlich rebelliert gegen die Monotonie des Alltags. Also es war, nieder mit Gebrauchsanweisung, verbrennt alle Urkunden, wenn irgendwo steht, das Zeugs zuerst ins Wasser einrühren, habe jemand das Zeugs zuerst ins Glas eingefüllt und dann erst das Wasser draufgegeben. Und auch wenn dann unten so ein komischer, knirschender Bodensatz übrig war, war für mich immer klar, das ist der Preis der Revolution, denn Revolutionen sind unangenehm. Die Revolution wird uns in die Wiege gelegt und verlässt uns so ungefähr mit 30 oder 35 Jahren. Weil plötzlich geht die Revolution nicht mehr von einem selber aus, sondern bricht über einen herein. Und ich habe halt Glück, bei mir passiert das irgendwie nur in der Geldbörse, weil sich revolutionär fühlen heißt nun mal sich jung fühlen. Und deswegen kaufe ich jedes Produkt, das als revolutionär angepriesen wird. Kostet mich eine Menge, lässt mich aber jung fühlen. Und so habe ich angefangen zu recherchieren und herauszufinden, wo denn die größte Revolution stattgefunden hat und äh, das Google-Ergebnis zum Thema Sex Revolution hat mir 242 Millionen Treffer beschert. 242 Millionen. Die einzige Ergebnisse, die noch höher waren, nämlich 252 Millionen, war der Suchbegriff 
Make-up-Revolution. Ja, also wenn man nach Make-up-Revolution sucht, findet man 10 Millionen mehr Ergebnisse als bei Sex-Revolution. Das ist sehr irritierend, weil die größte Revolution findet demnach gar nicht in den Köpfen der Menschen statt, sondern außen dran. Also freie Radikale singen die Internationale. World Revolution, brought to you by Anastasia Beverly Hills Cosmetics. Und ich kann euch sagen, ich kann mehr Lippenstifte und Wimperntuschen aufzählen, die als revolutionär gelten, als ich tatsächliche Revolutionäre aufzählen kann. Aber vielleicht bin ich da auch einfach der Falscheste. Die Sache ist die, ich habe eine Revolution mal mitgemacht und die hat halt nicht alle ihre Versprechen gehalten. Also es war die digitale Revolution, also das Internet. Und für uns war damals klar, das Internet heißt, wir werden auf der Datenbahn, auf der Datenautobahn in eine Zukunft rasen, die uns befreit von Kategorien, von Geschlecht, von Herkunft, ja, für uns in den 90ern war klar, das Internet, nächste Ausfahrt, Weltfrieden. Na, hat es nicht so ganz geklappt, aber vielleicht bin ich auch zu streng mit dem Internet. Das, worauf ich hinaus wollte, ist, wenn man einmal so weit ist, eine Revolution als gescheitert anzusehen, dann ist man so desillusioniert, dass man das einfach nicht mehr los wird. Und ich bin so desillusioniert, ich kann noch nicht mal mehr meine alten Kinderbücher durchblättern, ohne dass die ihre Naivität verlieren. Also zum Beispiel die kleine Raupe Nimmersatt. Eigentlich ganz süß, aber für mich ist es nur noch pure Propaganda für unreflektierten, verantwortungslosen Konsum und die mehr vom ewigen Wachstum. Ja. Oder ich will gar nicht erst anfangen mit äh, dem Posterchild für individuellen Egozentrismus, das kleine Ich bin ich. Oder wie es in Österreich genannt wird, der Fetzenpeppi. Aber am allerschlimmsten wird es für mich, wenn ich mir eine meiner großen Kindheitsheldinnen anschaue, nämlich Pippi Langstrumpf. Und äh, Pippi wird halt gefeiert für ihre Unabhängigkeit, ne? für ihr geradezu revolutionäres Selbstbewusstsein. Ich mach mir die Welt, wie, die, wie, die, wie sie mir gefällt. Die Frage ist nur, warum kann Pippi denn das? Weil sie einen Koffer voll Goldstücke zu Hause rumstehen hat. Deswegen. Ich sag's nicht gerne, aber ich sag es laut. Pippi Langstrumpf ist ein Trust Fund Baby. Ja, also ich meine, vielleicht wollte es nicht hören, ich wollte es auch nicht hören, aber wenn man den Song mal weiter verfolgt, ich habe ein Haus, ein kunterbuntes Haus, ein Äffchen und ein Pferd, die schauen da zum Fenster raus. Hashtag Real Estate. Hashtag Horseback Riding Lifestyle. Hashtag Rich Kids of Instagram. Ich meine, wie viele Mädchen in Pippis Alter kennt ihr, die keine One-Percenter sind, die ihr eigenes Pferd haben? Wie viele Mädchen in dem Alter kennt ihr, die mit ihrem eigenen Miskodil in der Weltgeschichte herumfliegen können? Tjalahi, tjalaha, tjalahopsasa. 
Und ich will gar nicht erst anfangen mit diesem Scheißäffchen. Ja, aber Herr Nilsson ist doch so süß und ich wollte als Kind auch immer eins haben. Ja, das wollte ich auch. Aber wisst ihr, welches coole Kind auch so ein Äffchen hatte? Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber hatte genauso ein Äffchen und ist 2014 damit nach Deutschland eingereist. Und dort wurde ihm dieser Affe vom deutschen Zoll abgenommen und in Quarantäne gesteckt. Und was hat Justin Bieber gemacht? Der ist einfach weitergeflogen. Der ist einfach weiter auf Tour gegangen und hat sein eigenes Äffchen zurückgelassen. Justin Biebers Äffchen ist nun offizielles Eigentum der Bundesrepublik Deutschland. Und mit solchen Leuten hängt Pippi ab. Schlimmer noch, Justin Bieber musste 8000 Euro Strafe zahlen, weil er weder die nötigen Papiere noch den gültigen Impfpass für den Affen hatte. Ich habe Herrn Nilsons Impfausweis noch nie gesehen. Ihr vielleicht? Ist Pippi Langstrumpf etwa Impfgegnerin? Und wo kommt ihr Geld überhaupt her? Ja, vom Papilein. Und was für einen Beruf hat Pippis Papilein? Der ist Seeräuberkapitän und Südseekönig. Deswegen heißt Pippi für mich nur noch Pipilotta, Biber, Privilegia, Trust Fund Babia, Colonialist's Daughter Langstrumpf. Ich wünsche euch allen noch einen schönen Vorabend zur Revolution und unserer Regierung das Gefühl erfrischender Kühle. Dankeschön. Das war der Dutzi! Revolution. Um, it's not my revolution uh, if Game of Thrones is still on the television. <lacht> ja, uh, ich habe da leider eine persönliche Geschichte dazu. Uh, mein, mein Ex-Freund hat das urgern geschaut und das war dann halt auch so ein Trennungsgrund. <lacht> Game of Thrones. Also, weil, äh, weil sich auskennt, das schreibt ein 84-Jähriger, der heißt George R. Martin. Und ich habe dann immer so gehofft, dass der vielleicht halt so, so irgendwann eine Schreibblockade hat. <lacht> ist dann nie passiert. Ähm, und, ähm, aber es ist so, April 2019 kommt die äh, 600. Staffel Game of Thrones. Und man wird dann halt immer am Montag gefragt, was muss man reden über Game of Thrones? Und, ähm, und ich, kann über, ähm, ich kann über Game of Thrones reden, ohne auch nur eine Sekunde davon gesehen zu haben. <lacht> also dafür ähm, sage ich so Sachen wie Jon Snow, Winter is coming. Und dann, dann grund sich ein bisschen. 
Es funktioniert wirklich. Also, ähm, es war letztes Frühjahr, spricht mich eine Bekannte an. Hast du gestern Game of Thrones geschaut? Das sind wieder alle Charaktere umgebracht worden. Und ich habe so gesagt, so Jon Snow. Wow, 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 wow. Und sie so, wow, Josef, hast du Theaterwissenschaft studiert? Ja, also manchmal ist es so einfach, aber generell, ich glaube, ich kann es nicht verhehlen. Ich hasse Fantasy und ich hasse Science Fiction. Ja, na, also ich hasse, also ich mag, ich mag halt generell so diese Scheißgenres nicht so gerne. Und äh, es hat einen Grund, weil äh, Science Fiction einfach so extrem prätentiös ist. Also Science-Fiction behauptet immer, also neben dem, was es ist, irgendwas anderes noch mit auszusagen. Also halt so quasi, es geht irgendwie so um äh, blau-grüne Aliens und eigentlich ist es halt so eine Geschichte über den Antikapitalismus. Also. Und äh, so, also da habe ich auch Beispiele, also zum Beispiel äh, The Hunger Games. Okay, äh, die Regierung sagt den Jugendlichen, sie sollen in eine Arena gehen und dort um das Essen kämpfen. Und äh, das ist in Wahrheit eine Geschichte über Macht und Kontrolle. Like, wow. Oder, yes. Oder äh, äh, Scheiß Blade Runner. Echt, also ich würde euch jetzt zum Beispiel gerne erzählen, worum es im Blade Runner geht, aber äh, mir, na, äh, mir war der Wikipedia-Artikel zu langweilig. Ich habe ihn nicht gelesen. Und äh, vor allem das, äh, also und, und wirklich das aller, 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 das aller, aller, aller Schlimmste ist Black Mirror. Also irgendwie, kennst du die Serie Black Mirror? Also jeder, jeder, der zwei Folgen Black Mirror gesehen hat, hält sich für einen kritischen Denker. Also so mittlerweile so in den Wiener Salons ist es so halt so quasi, ist es so, oh, ich habe die letzte Staffel Black Mirror angeschaut. Ich bin so der Theodor Wiesengrund Adorno. Also es ist furchtbar. Und, äh, und äh, es gibt aber andere Genres, Gott sei Dank, äh, oder like, äh, ähm, dankenswerterweise. <lacht> <lacht> ähm, also so andere Genres, die, äh, die, die halt nicht zu so prätentiös sind und die halt auch zufälligerweise meine Lieblingsgenres sind. Also... Wie zum Beispiel romantische Komödien. <lacht> ja. Not gonna lie. Ähm, Meg Ryan zum Beispiel hat in keinem ihrer Filme behauptet, die Menschheit zu retten. Aber sie hätte es sehr gut tun können. Also man könnte genauso gut behaupten, äh, Meg Ryan ist die Revolutionärin. Äh, Tom Hanks ist die Regierung. Und die Menschheit ist ein kleiner, süßer Buchladen auf der Lower East Side. Aber hat sie nicht. Und, äh, oder zum Beispiel Sex and the City. 
Sex in the City. Ich meine, sonnenklar, so Carrie ist die Kapitalistin. Sie ist natürlich die beste Freundin von der Miranda, dem Liberalismus. Die, die Charlotte ist irgendwie konservativ. Und, und ja, die Samantha ist der Kommunismus. Ja, okay. Uh, let's discuss this later. Also ich habe jetzt Sprengstoff, also <lacht> spürst da gerade so wieder ein bisschen kochen. Ähm, äh, ja, also jetzt wäre es eigentlich Zeit für unsere nächste Performerin. Äh, das wäre die wunderbare, großartige Jules Gleason gewesen. Aber die ist heute leider verhindert. Aus äh, vielen Scheißgründen. Äh, und das ist scheiße. Äh, wir haben uns in der letzten Minute um äh, Ersatz bemüht. Und äh, das war halt nicht besonders einfach. Also wir haben wirklich unseren, unsere Artists ähm, Fallofax bemüht und wir haben uns aber für eine sehr solide Performerin entschieden. <lacht> <lacht> Deshalb <lacht> ja, give it up for Miss Denise Bourbon! Thank you. Jewel sends her love and wishes that she, should be, uh, that she could be here tonight. And I will never wear pockets again on stage because this is apparent what... I never wear po pockets are pretty amazing. It's a thing. So, Koto, my t-shirt. Thank you so much. A big applause for Koto. So this is why we keep it up and this is why the revolution is coming. And of course the Donnerstags demos are not only me walking around with a beer can in my hand listening to Martin talk about ankles on teenagers, which now when I think about it, that is pretty weird. You should probably stop doing that, honey. Um, yes, so you keep coming every uh, Thursday and uh, on the 28th, uh, me and Josef are actually going to host and I forgot to tell you about that. I hope you have time. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yes, uh, we are doing the open ball version of the Donnerstag, and what a more fabulous people to do that than the two of us. So, everybody, a pause for Josef, who's in on this. Yes. Yeah, we also forgot that today, actually, we celebrate two years of PCCC. Yes, that is actually really, it was two, two years ago around this date that we did our first one. Wow, in the relationship, this is when you hit the crisis, isn't it? Yeah, this is when I go and tell like, oh, we're going to dinner there on Sunday, but you didn't ask me, but I don't care. So also another uh, artist that of course that I forgot to mention before is another tradition that we have in PCCC since the uh, moment we started was to always play one song until you all go crazy, uh, which we have done today as always. And we always play a song from a local artist and today it was Ebo or is Ebo with Schmeck mein Blut, which is an awesome song. And I think she's on tour soon promoting her new album and coming to Vienna soon. So I see you all at the concert. Yes. <laughs> 
So Jules, who was supposed to uh, perform, is uh, what, like one of the many things that fascinate uh, me about her is that she's an expert, uh, she's like a Byzantin, Byzantinist? Th thank you, smug ass, but okay, thank you. I was getting there. No, thank you, seriously. I don't really know what that means. But uh, I was in Sicily recently. I don't know if anyone on Facebook noticed that. <laughs> but I was. And, uh, and, and I was walking around and every time I go like, to, to a place like that, you have like, all this Greek history and there was a lot of Byzantine history and I'm like, oh my God, these Byzantinist people did uh, amazing stuff. And you know, you have all like these little sculptures and buildings and, and like, and I was walking around and I got like super depressed because I was thinking about, okay, so at the same time that they were creating all of that, uh, my forefathers were sitting in a hole chewing on a stick. <laughs> like, well, they like, oh, we built this. Like they were sitting there like, nom, nom, nom. yeah. And I'm like, what? Fuck, that's depressing. <laughs> and then I said this to a friend, or my, my, my best friend, I said this to Gysi, and then she's like, yeah, well, you know, the Vikings? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not happy. Like the Viking buildings that we all know about. <laughs> right, the Viking art. Do you know about the Viking art? Yeah. Uh, some guy there knows about the Viking art. He's like, that's shit. The Viking art is shit. And, and then I was also thinking, what, what, were the Vikings really at the same time as this Byzantinistic people? Wow, I sound so educated, right? Uh, <clears throat> I'm funny, okay. So... Um, then I was, so I, uh, Wikipedia today, actually, and uh, then I was checking and I was like, like uh, and of course everything was right, there are no buildings, there's just rocks with little stuff on it. But I found out something interesting, like one thing that they left with was like uh, words in the English language. Uh, let me take out my lesbian journal for jokes. <laughs> Viking words that one use today in English. Crook. Knife, crook, that means like crook, like a bad, bad, bad person. <laughs> I'm also a very great translator. <laughs> Knife, leather, hell, berserk, and husband. <laughs> yes. And then I was thinking, because in Swedish, husband... Hus, has, hus means house, and band, band is like band, like, like a, a connection. So that means a guy that's connected to the house. <laughs> Suck on that, UFOP. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing also about the Vikings is that do you know who loves Vikings? Nazis loves Vikings. Yeah. All of these right wing assholes, they're fucking crazy about all Viking shit things. You know, and, and, and they love that shit. And then it's like, and then I always think about what they like, what they hate is sometimes so random and weird. And like this hate on bikes, right wing people hating bikes. Why? 
What? Why? And I go, all oh, those bike riders. And it's like, what, what, what have they ever done to you? And I mean, seriously, like, it is, like, I bet so many people of you living in Vienna have had your like, tires uh, slashed, right? By some crazy ass neighbor because they didn't like where you parked it. Yeah, I'm gonna fucking start keying cars whenever I don't like where the fuck they are parked, yeah? Yeah, suck on that. Yeah, and then like, also they hate vegans. I mean, except when they are vegans because of racist reasons. And, and then they hate, and I'm like, what, like, we just wanna go like, hey, don't murder animals brutally. They go, oh, fuck you. And like, yeah, and, and, and they, hate, they hate queers. It's like, I mean, come on, we bring like color and fun into your lives. What, who can hate that? Why do you hate that? And they hate artists. Now everybody's a boo and everybody's thinking like, we also hate artists, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Because that's the thing, yeah, we kind of, and I mean, a lot of people here are, I am, but we also like hate artists a little bit, especially about stuff they say, or we say, we say a lot of shit, and that annoys a lot of people. And you listen and they go like, oh, this, you know, and then I had a feeling that it was like symbolize like the smoke that comes out of the flower that I, yeah, you know. And then you go like, oh, oh fuck off. One artist, however, who can get away with fucking anything she says is the next one. Yeah. I, we meet usually very regularly, but we hadn't met for a while. And then I met her two weeks ago. And this is literally the first thing she said to me. I'm like, oh, honey, Visa, how are you? And she looks at me and she says to me, I am exploding with art. <laughs> Come on, who says that? How are you doing? I'm exploding with art. And I'm looking at her and I'm thinking, if you would be any other person, I would punch you in the fucking face. But since it's you, I will laugh and I will go, mm, and I will take out my lesbian journal for jokes and I will write this down. And this is how I'm gonna introduce you. She's very ill tonight and she's still here. And give her all the love. Oh, she's already, God, that's, that she does that all the time. <laughs> And she's apparently already here. A big applause for Vesa! I'm exploding with this I forgot I said that. I'm sorry. The thing is... Um, Yes, I'm a dancer that never dances because I like talking or I don't know, yes. But tonight I'm going to start with a little revolution dance that starts like that. And then my other hand that goes like this. And you have to focus on the vibrations between my hands and your brains. Really, can you feel it? <laughs> this dance was invented by my dear friend Alina Popa. Alina Popa died two weeks ago 
on her birthday. I'm so sorry that I'm making you sad. I wanted to challenge the conventions of stand-up comedy because we should transgress the principles of our art all the time. I think us artists are not, uh, I don't know, I'm a contemporary dance maker. Uh, my art is very bougie. And we say that about, that art, about us, that shows how bougie we are, it's scary. We, uh, our art was born by revolutionary women and people trying to free the bodies and the space, but yes. And sometimes I'm not very sure if my profession is very revolutionary. My concepts are always very smart or very like, yeah, very leftish, very queer, anti-capitalistic. But I don't know if people see that in what I'm making. So, I thought that tonight I will give you some skills to make the revolution from a contemporary post-dance perspective. Channeling my friend Alina Popa from the heaven, if there is a heaven or hell, because she was very in between. <laughs> but she was a very good person. And before dying, she said to me, Vesa, stop working so much. Stop performing ill. I have temperature right now. But you know, she also said something that really, it's true. You should exercise your heart in work. It's also dangerous, no? You should exercise your heart in work. That's the mentality of revolution. Actually, you should sleep when it's boring and also exercise your heart all the time. So the exercise of Alina Popa number one goes like that, you should all try it. You take one finger and wait between the teeth and then you start to do the whistle now. And then, and then you, 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 you think, smile. There is a connection between your heart and your mouth. Maybe you should put in your hand to find it more. Okay, now I go back to my fist. Fists are very revolutionary. And then you smile a little bit. And you start again with the other finger. The revolution should start also with a smile. You should close your eyes, put two heads together. And when you put two heads together, there is this practice called the peripatetic practice that is wandering around. That is like putting one head into the head of the other person. You should try it if you want. You put your head into the head of the other person and you wander in thoughts. And it doesn't matter if the thought is very deep. All thoughts are deep or all, tho all, all thoughts are nothing in the end, are just thoughts. Just thoughts, they are transparent, you know? They are, they are not here, like they are, they are, they are thoughts. So you can really feel them from one skull into the other and you're like, wondering. Yes, that's how I met Alina Popa. My friend Alina Popa and I were doing this peripatetic practice 
and I was a bit embarrassed because she was all the time talking about uh, about very smart things like, oh, Vesa, it's really important, you know, just to start leaving the abstract, the abstract, because I love contemporary mathematics. I don't have a clue about contemporary mathematics. I love contemporary mathematics. And, you know, there is this mathematician that went one into a room and spent one week in the room, okay, in, alone, one week trying to solve the problem because he was not a mathematician that was just trying... Because there are these mathematicians that solve problems and there are these mathematicians that theorize. And Alina Popa was everything and a dancer. But this friend of Alina Popa locked himself in the room with the most difficult all algorithm and spent one week with it. And after the week passed, he came out and he didn't have a solution. Do you know why? Because it's in the process. The process was the solution. And the process is the revolution. Don't you see it? Okay? So you have to start seeing the problem, getting locked with the problem, and don't freak out if you don't know the solution. First, you exercise your heart at work to transgress the principles, okay? Can you follow me? You transgress the principles, okay? And then you're okay with the process because the process is going to surprise you. And in order to fit the process, what you do is to alienate yourself. You should know something as dancers we are experts on alienation. Not because we become aliens all the time. Imagine alien dance would be like, I don't know. We, we, we can. I, I think we can. Maybe it's, but it's not because we become alien. It's like because we are able to embody concepts and notions. And we are also able to embody knowledge to, to become something else. For example, I could become this. I could become a glass and think from the perspective of the glass. Or I could sing you a song that Alina liked to sing to me from the perspective of the petroleum, okay? Because if you sing the song from the perspective of the human, then we are still in the fucking problem and we need to become in the process, okay? Do you understand? Okay. One of the things I learned from Alina Popa that you should all try is to become a dot. Punto. <laughs> so what you do is you don't drink coffee in the mornings and you wonder, because in the dream and the wonder lies big thoughts that are messy and abstract and alien. So you go, you wonder, you wonder, you wonder, and then you read some philosophical text or some horrible news or some poem and then you close your eyes and you try to become a dot and to repeat what is left from the text from the perspective of the dot. So, 
you laugh, but people pay money to do these things in workshops. <laughs> That's how we earn our money in the field of dance. Cool. I love it. I think you are all dancers. I'm very moved and I was laughing so much uh, before with myself because Alina Popa loved PCCC but she could never come here because she was too sick and she was lying in bed and always letting all her friends caress her all the time and when you stopped she was like hey hey more and because she was dying you do but the best thing is like she asked us please 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 Vesa you must you must believe the impossible, I'm not dying. And I was like, you are dying. But I couldn't say it. But, and, all this, and then she came with all this, yes, but the abstract, but the alien, but everything, everything, everything you know, everything you're working, you have to take it now. And even if we are all anarchists and queers and punks, now we start praying because I want that. And we all started praying until we forgot she was going. And... I say here goodbye to her and I will, there is a thing I used to practice with her because you, as some people know, I really, I work on screaming as an act of liberation and alienation, becoming just breath and screams. I would like that we all scream together. I'm going to give you a little class. And this scream is very good because it's, it's a lot of things. It's a screaming for Alina, it's a screaming for yourself, it's a scream for revolution, it's a scream you can practice on Thursdays uh, for the demo, Donnerstag demo, it's a scream you can practice at work, it can, it's a scream that you can even practice while you are warming up your heart, like exercise. So, the first thing you say, you have to touch your heart. And I'm going to show you first. You touch here. And first you go here, like that. <laughs> you have to open here. Okay. Scream number one. <laughs> Then there is another scream that is here, that is the mystic scream that goes up. Yeah, I'm a bit spiritual, but I'm still an anarchist and atheist. <laughs> here, the, the esoteric one is like this. Okay. Cool. So we have. Okay, the last, <laughs> I have to laugh myself. Okay, so we have this. <gasps> and we have one that goes from heaven to the earth that is like this.
Thank you very much. Don't forget to check out her amazing piece in April. That was also a great reminder of the love we feel for you. We love you. Keep coming so we know that you love us. Yes. Everybody, why do you have to come again? Yeah, you do. At uh, 26. May, 26th of May, or maybe the 27th. The 27th I... of okay. May. It's on the 27th of May. It's always a Monday. Even if we fuck up the dates, remember, it's always a Monday. Yes. The 27th of May, which means it's a long time before, but maybe you can all prepare your little comedy skits and contact us so you can yes. come here and perform. Yes, very, very open towards like, uh, new people coming in and do what we do. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we're also very strict. Uh, no. A little strict. <laughs> Tiny little. Okay. Okay. Thank I, you. I'm, I'm, I'm the bad cop. He's the good cop, obviously, tonight. So, uh, I want to thank a lot of people. I want to thank Vuk Performing Arts, Uli and Esther, who makes this possible. It's like really, it's thanks to them, they invited us. And that's why you can sit here in this amazing room and we can stand here on this amazing stage. So thank you to them, thank you to the technicians. Thank you to Gitti and Patricia for the light, for the sound. Thank you to Ari for filming us every time so you can watch this again and again at home. Thank you to Philip who is doing the Tonaufnahme for the podcast. Uh, thank you to Koshi, who, uh, who, Kordla Tum, who does our, who is our sensitivity reading. She listens to our stuff and she says, uh-uh. Uh, when we say stuff we are not supposed to do. So that's why we should not improvise so much, honey. Okay, but I think we're fine. Okay, whatever. So, uh, and then our past performers, our future performers who are in the audience tonight. And yeah, most and of all, we want to thank, I want to thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought we would do that last. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. When we met at the, at the, at also upstairs the day before, I looked at him and he's like, is there something you want to say to me? And then I looked at him and I said, I love you. And then he said, oh, I don't feel comfortable with this. Yeah, okay, wow. <laughs> oh, wow, I, I feel comfortable now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, ich möchte alle Performer von heute wieder auf die Bühne holen. Als erstes war da der Alex Franz Zietbauer mit seiner Story aus Portland. Dann die Pude Ansari mit ihrer Poetry and Shit. Pune, geh runter von der Stiege. Dann als drittes der Armin Rosenberg mit seiner Liebe... Ah, komm, 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 komm! Keine Liberation dabei! Dann heute Abend war noch der Dutzi Eisenhower und die Weser Fernandes! Und Josef Jachel! Und die Denise Berber! And you, all of you, a big hand to Publikum. you. Und das Publikum. 
Bar, thank you so much. We love you. See you again in March. See you again in May. Let's meet outside. Take care. Mwah! <laughs>